On this midweek episode, United continue to struggle. Barca have a shock to the system. Bayern City and Madrid cruise to the knockout stages of the Champions League and Liverpool stumble in France. Plus, Daniel gives you his best bets for this weekend's best domestic fixtures. Full-time roundup starts right now. And welcome into another midweek episode preview show for you as we head into this weekend's fixtures of games. Matt Gesslin, as always, joined alongside you by Daniel Brackett. Daniel, taking over the big boy chair for you tonight. Uh, I know that usually this is your show, but uh, we we kind of a last minute scramble to get this one put together as we both had a, a pretty busy week here. How are we doing? I know you're you're looking forward to your Panthers playing tonight. Uh, give the people some thoughts. Give them some some positivity as we get into this big. Big one and seven, two and seven matchup on Thursday night football. I have zero positivity to give you. Um, and uh, yeah, really nothing. I mean, the Hornets stink, the Panthers stink. Only really at the Liverpool loss today. Only really thing in my life that's made me happy was uh, Batanzio getting fired to Charlotte FC, which I was elated with. So happy that I made a 20-person list head coach of different options um, that we have. So if you want some good content, you can go ahead and follow my Twitter there. But uh, yeah, no, it's more mostly pain and suffering when it comes to my uh, sports fandoms. Well, as we jump right in, and apologies for your pain and suffering, I really feel for you. Um, we've we've been texting back and forth, and I got to shut up today at one point, so I know how you're feeling about Liverpool. It's uh it does come around what goes around, I guess, as they say, right? But uh, <laughs> another team that is feeling the brunt of it and feeling pretty low right now is Manchester United, Daniel, who continue to struggle in not only domestically, but also in Champions League. Now currently sit bottom of Group A after, honestly, a, a strange game in Copenhagen where they went up 2-0, then a red card that you know I definitely think we should talk about briefly and get your thoughts on that that really changed the dynamic of the game. And then a, a basically a volley back and forth uh, with, with Copenhagen getting a 4-3 win here. Uh, United continued to struggle. Um, and again, just not, not delivering on the expectations that Manchester United fans have. What were your takeaways from this one? And, and of course, the big takeaway is, is everything that happened with, with Marcus Rashford on this red card that ultimately a lot of folks are saying changed the outcome of the game. Yeah, I feel like the uh, refereeing as a whole was just kind of kind of odd. Um, if you, I mean, you had the red card and then you had two really soft penalties, I think on both sides with the, with the handballs um, that really changed the match in general. I guess it kind of canceled, the penalties canceled. Uh, they looked like one was a bad call and then the other one was kind of a makeup call. Um, red card, I, we kind of talked about this. I, I was thinking last night it wasn't really a red because it wasn't defined as reckless or endangering an opponent. I guess technically it was because he landed right on the ankle. It just looked like he was trying to shield, stay on his ground, and the guy happened to step where he was uh, planting his foot. But, you know, United cruised 2-0. It's looking like they're going to kind of make a run. And uh, then the red card happens and, um, you know, Copenhagen respond what they needed to do. And Rooney Bargy, the 17-year-old, um, I think Swede, uh, tied it or won them the game, which he's been fantastic, has 
um, more than I think five goals in the in the league uh, this year. But he gets his first UCL goal, so happy for the youngster. Yeah, you mentioned two 0 cruising, and then the red card happens. It happens late in the half, and basically Manchester United capitulate going into the half and give up two late late goals to to go into half two two. And um, you kind of can't really have a moment like that, even even you know with everything that happened, you're, you're still in control. Um, you got to kind of, you know, right the ship and, and you lean on your, on your veteran players, which Manchester United have plenty of to kind of, uh, you know, put things in perspective. And even if you give up one, you can't give up the second one right away. And uh, it was, it was just a bad look and honestly epitomized Manchester United. Then of course they come out of the half, they take a three, two lead. Again, you're expecting them to kind of put things away. And, and of course, they just can't do it, and they end up losing the match. And now you really look at a really interesting group here, Daniel. Where, uh, of course, Byron eke past Galatasaray, and um, they they do advance into the knockout stage with that, uh, with twelve points, and, and clearly atop the table. But you're looking at the rest of this group, which is completely wide open. Uh, you have you know Copenhagen at four points, Galatasaray at four points, and Manchester United at three points, and a huge matchup in Turkey next. After Thanksgiving, where where Manchester United will go to Galatasaray and, and play in arguably the biggest match maybe of Eric Ten Hag's tenure. Um, give me give me your prediction. Is is Galatasaray? Or, I I don't want to discredit Copenhagen. I think they can maybe potentially do it, but they have a they have the tougher uh, slog of the last two games between Galatasaray and Manchester United, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm gonna go Galatasaray. I thought they were very impressive they they had a goal called off sides in the in the Bayern match and Bayern were pretty pretty lucky they left it very very late all the goals were left pretty late um past the 80th minute mark um I like Galatasaray a lot in the next round against United um Galatasaray at home are are are, are solid um and United are going to be missing Rashford Casemiro among others so the the circus continues um, I was in discourse with with um, some Man United fans after the match. They were blaming Ten Hag. Can't I, I have to disagree? I don't really blame Ten Hag for this, but I guess you can blame the lack of mental fortitude that United have. You're up two 0 You're playing a team like Copenhagen, who's no no huge huge opponent. You just pack it in, and you depend on your leaders to kind of lead and and they just don't they lack leadership they they lack a lot of things they lack a spine so that's just really concerning but um i i really do think that they're gonna crash out and not even get europa league their only hope is byron just resting everyone on their last fixture day and uh eking out a, a win there to like sneak into europa yeah, you almost wonder if it makes more sense or better for United long term if they do get knocked out and don't have Europa League. It's kind of hard to imagine a team yeah. like Manchester United, but that's almost kind of where they are at this point. Uh, a team that is obviously not looking to be knocked out and they sit currently atop their tables, Arsenal and Group B, Daniel, who had a, a pretty good match against Sevilla. Of course, uh, one of the concerns coming out of this one will be Bukayo Saka, and if that injury is, is more serious than just a little knock that he picked up, we'll see what happens there. And like I said, they sit atop the table with nine points, and then you're really looking at a battle for for second and third as PSV uh, take out Lens uh, in that matchup, and they sit currently second with five points, and then Lens third with five points. And, of course, Sevilla don't rule Sevilla out if they can find a way to get a win in one of these last two games. They maybe sneak into third place. 
get down dropped into that Europa League pool and uh, can they win that tournament? We've talked about almost jokingly, but it seems like they find a way every time. So, uh, you know, Group B still up for grabs. And, of course, Arsenal, the, the class of that group, they don't advance yet. But uh, you do expect them to advance out of this group uh, in the next, at least in the next round. Maybe not if it doesn't go all the way to the final final match day, match day six uh, in a couple of weeks time. Absolutely. It's just going to be really interesting to see how the, the rest of the group shakes out. Um you know, we were we were kind of talking last time. Will PSV be able to get a result here? And they they did. So that's that's good. And and Arsenal have a great record against Sevilla. So I think that was always going to be chalked up as a W, even though that they're they are missing people. But uh, how do you think two, three, and four shake out? Yeah, I think I, I think I had um, PSV Sevilla Lance in the last time we talked about this. And I'll, I'll stick with that. You're sticking um, with that. I'll stick with that. Yeah, I do think that Sevilla will find a way to to snag third and then, uh, you know, advance and and like I said, not in the Champions League, but probably Europe will be one of those third third teams that drops down into the Europa League and gets reseeded. So I do think that they advance, um, just not to the knockout of the Champions League. I think I'm going to agree with you on this one. Um, the, the pivot to group E, Atletico, Kill, Celtic, I'm not really surprised there. And then Lazio, uh, beat Feyenoord and actually leapfrog them. So, so the, uh, or one, two, and three set eight points, seven points, six points with Atletico, Lazio, Feyenoord. How do you think this group is going to shake out when it comes to who's going to advance, who's going to go to Europa League? Yeah, I think we've talked about Lazio and the struggles they've had domestically. They have a big matchup uh, this weekend against Roma in, in Rome Derby, and so um, you know I think that their their form in the in the cup is a little surprising to me the way that they've been performing. But you know you never know. Uh, they have been playing a little better domestically. But I'll, I'll give me the two stronger sides here where they sit on the table domestically. I'll take Atletico Madrid to advance, probably win the group, and then I'll take Feyenoord. Who currently sit second era divisi, uh, and they have a big matchup as well this weekend too. But yeah, give me those two teams, Lazio sitting out on the on the outside, and of course we've talked about how bad Celtic are sitting at the bottom with one point. So um, yeah, I'll take give me that um, Atleti, uh, Feyenoord, and, and Lazio in that order. Yeah, two Lazio and Feyenoord are tough because both are. Well, Lazio have just been kind of hot and cold all year. Feyenoord's hit a bit of a blip, so maybe they figure out at, uh, during the international break. So I'm going to agree with you here, um, but I do want to just mention how dreadful Celtic have been. And you know, you can be a bad squad and still get results and still make it interesting. But I mean, I think this is the third or fourth red card that they've had in the group. Completely unacceptable. Um, they've played down a man at least in multiple rounds. And I mean, you you deserve a six zero humbling if you're gonna just keep being undisciplined. So Brendan Rogers has gotta figure that part out. And it was an early red card too, so they never even stood a chance. Yeah, and I think the one thing that you have going for you if you're and what I don't want to spend too much time on Celtic. They're just sure. bad. Um, the one thing you have going for you if you're if you're Lazio is you do play Celtic. Um, you know, next, and, and and then you get that last matchup at home with Atletico Madrid. So um, it's going to be an interesting one. I still think Atleti advances the number one, and yeah, uh, you know, there's there are some big ramifications of not being placed as the number one finisher. We'll definitely get to that here in a second with Group F. But uh, you know, Celtic and and Celtic are just bad. Brendan Rodgers just I don't know what he's going to do, but 
never good at, in Liverpool and, and went back and came whoa, back to Leicester. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And he was, I mean, we, he was almost okay. won the, we almost won the league with, with, with Liverpool. I mean, are we, we playing, chose. Are we playing horseshoes and hand grenades here? Almost, I'm just or? saying, I'm just saying that that's, that was a harsh statement. All right. All right. Well, I'll let you take your bias and take it with you and pack he your bags. He also finished top seven with Leicester one year and then it all fell apart. Yeah, but, fell apart. There you go. But there still, you go. still, he's like a decent still. manager, but yeah, whatever. All whatever. right. All right. I'll let you, I'll let you die on that sword if you want to die on the Brendan Rodgers sword. But I mentioned uh, the, the, importance of finishing first in your group daniel and we have quite the interesting battle as we all expected to be in group f uh, of course milan get an absolute big result against psg which was very surprising of course you're concerned about christian pulisic who did go out with an injury in this one and, and what his timeline could be for a return uh but then the biggest surprise is is just kind of how do you pick and choose what what dortmund's going to show up uh and they do get a huge bounce back against newcastle jumps them to the top of the table. PSG sits second with six points. You know, again, group of deaths. So everyone's still in this one. Milan with five points and, and Newcastle sit fourth with four points. Daniel, my concern here is, and I, I still feel the top two teams that are where they sit now are going to advance. I don't think the order stays that way, but I do take Dortmund and PSG from my perspective. My only concern is if PSG gets second place in this group, as they did last year, they get paired with somebody like a Manchester City or Bayern Munich in the next round, which happens as, as they would be able to have that matchup as a second-place team. So that's what you're really fighting for if you're PSG is to not finish second place and get stuck with one of those big boys in the round of 16. Yeah, and just to hash on last year's uh, Champions League, you know who finished above them? Benfica, who have been winless um, this campaign. So how things can change in one year, Matt? But yeah, no, this group took a, a gigantic turn that I did not expect at all. I mean, we were literally talking about in the last spot how Milan and Dortmund were just dreadful the last week or two. And for for them to both get huge results. Now, I will say Newcastle played a week inside a little bit, which I was a little confused about. I know they're have a little bit of the injury bug over there. Um, but I, I just backed Eddie Howe over Terzik. Um, coaching wise, but yeah, no, uh, PSG, they got to be kicking themselves and, and Milan finally do beat a big team. So I guess we can, you know, kind of push that conversation out the window like we were having, but, uh, it's going to be really interesting how it shakes out. I'm, I, I don't even feel like predicting this. I still think PSG topped the group, but second, third, fourth, couldn't tell you. Flip a coin on that one. It's going to be an interesting one towards the bottom. And then another surprising group, Daniel, that's tighter than I think people realize. I know I feel that way as well is, is group G or group H, excuse me, where, where Shakhtar goes and kind of flips that group on its head uh, this past week and, and beats beats Barca. And and Xavi's having some real real problems right now. Of course, they lose El Clasico. Then they lose this matchup. They barely beat Real Sociedad on the weekend as well. And then you're starting to hear some rumblings amongst the Barcelona fans that is Xavi the guy is, is a time to look elsewhere, which to me is pretty wild. Um, just, you know, the timing and what he's dealt with, but that's, that's the nature of being a Barcelona player and manager, you know, associated with the club is that, that level of, uh, of expectation and excellence. And, but this group, like I said, you know, you're looking at Barcelona and, and Porto both at nine points and, and Shakhtar right there behind with six. So this group is surprisingly still open 
more than I thought it would be. Um, and of course, lowly Antwerp at the bottom of the group. Unfortunately, sorry to our Belgian listeners that are that are struggling with that one. But quite an interesting group here, surprisingly, more so than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Xavi's um, struggles, his record as a manager in UCL, which is a little bit tainted because they were not a great side last year. But I guess they did win La Liga still. Um, 12 games, two draws, five losses. So, so not great. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, this, this, uh, result took me by surprise. I thought even with, uh, a weaker Barcelona, they'd still brush Shakhtar aside. Um, got to give Shakhtar their flowers. They, they've been great. They hadn't played a home game at all and they're, and they're doing well. So credit to them. I still think that Porto are going to finish second over Shakhtar. Um, but what a story it would be if Shakhtar finished second and, and kind of went through. It would be, of course. They're not even playing at home uh, with everything going on in, in the Ukraine, so that would be a great story. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, the, the commentator mentioned, could there be fear that Barcelona don't advance if they didn't win that game? And I was surprised that, to now look at the table and see what she was meaning by that. So it could be potentially an interesting dynamic. A couple of teams we don't want to spend too much time on as they have advanced through to the knockout stages. Uh, Daniel, we mentioned Bayern Munich very briefly at the top. Real Madrid also advanced. Real Sociedad Inter advanced on their group in Group D. That's one of those dynamics that as you finish the last couple matches, like I said, you don't want to finish second. You want to win your group so that way you get a slightly easier opponent. Both teams tied at 10 points there, so that'll be an interesting battle in, in match day five and six between those two. Of course, Manchester City and, and RB Leipzig advance as well to the knockout stages as they dominate that group with with Red Star and Young Boys only getting a point each. Um, so anything that you want to jump at you know, and, and stand out to you as we go into match day five and six, or is it pretty much ho-hum at this point? Um, I did want to mention one one thing that I, I did tweet out on, on our account. Um, we, we had a, a, some discussions about, hey, Real Madrid, they're leaning too much on Jude Bellingham. We need to see more from Vinicius and, and Rodrigo and, and co. And uh, you know what Ancelotti did? He must have been listening to the pod because he didn't start. Jude finally gave him a rest. And Rodrigo and, and Vinny had their coming out games, I think, of this year. Both scored. They had fantastic games. And I think if they can keep it rolling and keep the good times going, then uh, Real Madrid are going to start looking – a lot scarier than they have been. Um, so I, I did want to mention that. And then, you know, Union Berlin wasn't a win, but they got a draw. And the odds were stacked against against them. I actually uh, tweeted um, something from the account as well. I just wanted to read this because I thought it was, I mean, this is almost as bad as you can get. But it was just showing insights. And it said, Union have lost their last 12 matches haven't scored in the last five matches, haven't scored in two away, haven't kept a clean sheet in 14 matches. And, uh, yeah, that that was pretty bad. So, you know, it's always a good time to break trends, and, and Union Berlin did that. They did. They have a big matchup this weekend as well in their domestic league. And so can they put two, two games in the, together? It's going to be tough, uh, you know, it's going to be real tough, but we'll see what happens. Maybe they're turning the corner with this performance. They did look better, um, but you know, it'll only time will tell. And, and as we move into Europa League, Daniel, of course, a lot of games happened all day today. The big surprise here, though, as we've talked about, with you know, of course, Bayer Leverkusen continuing to roll to get their their 
11th straight win of the season to start the season. Xavi ball is just on fire, as we've always talked about. But the other team that we've talked about that was kind of that head and shoulders next team, along with Bayer Leverkusen, was your Liverpool, Daniel, who have a real surprise in France today against Toulouse and uh, 3-2 loss. Klopp not happy afterwards, of course, not just in general, but then where the press conference was being held, that you could still hear the fans. Just it's that's that's two on the spin now where you've kind of haven't looked up to par, Daniel, and, and we've touched on it not only just in the tournament, which I think you're safe in the group, but domestically, you gotta be perfect to catch up against Man City. And, and you're starting to see a little dip in form for Liverpool, which has to be a little concerning for you. Yeah. Um, definitely, and we're not looking like the Liverpool of, of a few weeks ago, and I don't think international break could be coming at a better time than than now. Um, Raven Barrick and, and Curtis Jones were uh, uh, had knocks, so they were not in the squad, which which kind of stinks. Um, but the boys just weren't weren't added today. Uh, with Robertson's absence, the Samikas has really struggled, and he kind of gave up the first goal. Um, you know, or we're still kind of lacking that center defensive mid depth. Indo has just not been up to snuff. He's been decent enough in uh, Europa League, but but not in the Prem. Um, so we kind of we're kind of seeing that. And Tiago and Besetic couldn't couldn't get healthy uh, faster at this point. Um, we do respond well, and we should have tied this game, uh, but. VAR called back for a, a questionable handball at, at best, I'd say. I don't know if you saw it. But it's definitely concerning for, for Klopp and, and the boys. And you got Brentford uh, this weekend, so should be an interesting result there. But, you know, two away games have struggled. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't really know where, where you kind of go from here. Yeah, interesting dynamic in the group, too, of course, to lose close within two points of you guys. Again, I feel pretty confident that you guys advance, but it, it makes things a little tighter, um, and you just don't expect that. You never know what can happen in a cup, and uh, could you guys not advance? Who knows? We'll see. Another Premier League team that, that got back on form that they needed to is West Ham. They get their win, and they go sit top of the table in, in Group A with Freiburg at nine points. Of course, Daniel, the big group in Europa is Group B, Group of Death with Marseille, Brighton, Amsterdam and Athens, Amsterdam, or Ajax, excuse me, try and continue their streak. But Brighton finally showed up again and, and Deserby Ball put two two goals on the board and that was all she wrote. Ajax now currently sit bottom of this group again and, and just the woes continue. And then uh, Marseille gets a big, big win against Athens and they sit atop the table with eight points. Uh, what is your takeaway from the group of death in the Europa League and, and what happens here at this point? Um, spin zone, this is a good thing for Ajax so they can just focus on the league and not get relegated and try to climb up as much as possible as they they put two wins in a row together. Um, Brighton, you know, keep this is their first European campaign. I don't know if all time, but for, for a long time, if not. Um, so it's good to see that Brighton are kind of being able to beat big teams and then Marseille scrape by and they're enjoying life under Gennaro Cattuso. So um, not too many surprises here. I think Athens have been a pretty formidable, formidable side. So I've been pretty impressed with them as I, I, I did go in my soapbox with Liverpool. I do want to say to lose, by the way, they played fantastic. So there's been some, some good surprising teams in the uh, Europa league that I did not expect and kind of caught me off guard. 
Um, but yeah, no, I think this is pretty, pretty standard. And I, I, I'm going to say Marseille are going to top the group and then Brighton is kind of my prediction. Yeah, I'll go with that as well. I think both teams are strong. Uh, Brighton might be maybe able to catch them. I think Brighton are probably the stronger of the two teams if you're looking at form, um, just as a t- in totality. But you never know. Um, and I think if you're if you're Brighton, you get out of the group stage. That's a big win, like you said, first time in Europe for a long time. Plus their their form in the prem has been you know dwindling a little bit, and so you kind of want to get some some time for some of the younger players to get in and, you know, Ansu Fati, all those guys. But um, across the board in Europa, not too many major surprises for me. Real Betis, who who lead Group C, they were, you know, a good pick for me for top four in, in La Liga. Uh, we talked about Atalanta as well, who uh, sit across a top Group D with Sporting right behind them. So that's a good group. You, you don't really expect too much from Sturm or, or from the other team in uh, Rakow. Uh, of course, we touched on your group with Toulouse and uh, you go further down. A big matchup that was uh, that was head to head today was Slavia Prague versus, versus Roma Daniel in Group G, and uh, Prague comes on top, which surprising to me given how Roma has been playing of late. But those two sit atop the table at nine points, probably going to advance. And then uh, we've talked about Bayer Leverkusen, who continue to to roll uh, four for four. Uh, and they have an interesting group there, though, as far as who's going to come out second, whether it's Korbag or or Molde. Um, any thought on, on or any major surprises across all of the groups for you in the in the Europa League? Or has it been kind of like you said, there are some teams, but uh, for the most part, been pretty what pretty much what you expected. Pretty standard, I will say. the The results have not shown, but Sturm Graz have been have been really good. Um, they've been pretty unlucky, and they're uh, one of the one of the better teams in the Austrian league. So, just for all our listeners who who like the Austrian league, definitely give them a watch because they've actually been a lot better than they usually are. Um, but but nothing nothing crazy. And I know that you keep an eye on the conference Europa uh, Europa Conference League. Um, any anything that stood out to you in those results from today as well? They they play as well on Thursdays and the full slate of games uh, as similar to to Europa League. Um, I'm, I think Aston Villa is going to win the conference league. Um, that's, I feel like not that hot of the take, but, uh, you'll probably want to get your ticket in if you want to gamble on it. Um, ASAP, they did beat easy Alkmaar, um, again, and, uh, some news there on that group, easy Alkmaar now is, uh, third with three points and Legia Warsaw with nine. So it looks like, Easy Alkmaar is going to crash out of the group, which was a little bit of a surprise for me. I thought it'd be Villa and, and them getting out of the group, but Legio Warsaw, hey, sometimes it's the the Cinderella story. Cinderella story is always what you're looking for, especially in sports as, or in, into telling a story. Of course, one of the Cinderella's of, of different domestic league, Daniel, that we want to touch on is, of course, MLS. Uh, it looks like Orlando finished, you know, took out Nashville in their round. Uh, Philly beats New England Revolution. But the, the Cinderella story, and it's a little sensitive to talk about here, is in Charlotte, is is Atlanta, who come back and they get the, you know, a late winner against Columbus to keep that series alive. They go 1-1 and they have their third matchup here on Friday, I believe, if I remember correct, or if it's yes, a little tomorrow. later tomorrow night. So that'll be a big one. And then of course, in the West, you have so, uh, Seattle and Dallas who are playing in three games in their third game as well. So um, interesting times in MLS, uh, of course, excuse me, uh, Atlanta Sunday, 
um tomorrow is is oh, really? dallas Sorry. and seattle and then saturday is uh houston dynamo versus real salt lake who are also tied at one game uh, each as again this is a best of three series in the first stage any surprises for you in mls or um pretty much standard now that we're kind of a little bit further into the tournament again it changes to a knockout competition which will completely flip it on its head in the second round yeah which will be nice um um philly kind of struggled against a, a 10-man revolution team but they they nonetheless get the win a scrappy win um so but i, I expected philly to kind of balance the revs the atlantic columbus game on sunday um is going to be really interesting because tiago almada's back geomachus looked good and and Atlanta did win 4-2 um, at Atlanta, so they're, they're coming in with some ahead of steam. But, you know, Wilfred Nancy and the Columbus side, it, it's a good team and a good coach. So, And they have the home advantage, so it's good. I don't really know how that's going to shake out. I'd imagine it could probably go to penalties. Um, and then Nashville, Nash frauds, um, losing to, to Orlando. Didn't even put up a fight. Don't even think they scored a goal. Um, so Honey Mukhtar and... And Samuel Surge should uh, enjoy their vacation because they, but they're probably going to uh, stay awake at night after some of those performances. And then, last but not least, I, I do think Houston slightly edges RSL out. And of course, that's going to shake up for some really interesting matchups in the second round. You'll have Cincinnati versus Philly, which is already locked in. Uh, and then, of course, Orlando will take on the winner of the Columbus Crew and, and Atlanta matchup. And then on the West Western Conference, you'll have uh, Seattle, excuse me, Sporting Kansas City versus the winner of Houston, Real Salt Lake. And then LAFC will take on the winner of the Dallas and Seattle Sounders matchup. So that'll be three really interesting um, semifinal matchups. And then from my perspective, I think you're looking at kind of a, an easy one for LAFC in the bottom half. But I digress. Uh, Daniel, we, we've touched on the recap from the games this afternoon as well as Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, we have, of course, for you guys our domestic predictions uh, as well as Daniel's best bets. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back for those. But in the meantime, please don't forget to interact with us as part of the show. You can follow us on full at on X at Full Time Roundup. You can follow Daniel at Liverpool CLTFC, or you can follow me at Life of Gesslin. Uh, of course, download, like, subscribe, leave us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast. It goes a long way. And like I said, on the other side of the break, we'll give you some predictions as well as some best bets. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the full-time roundup. We touched on the preview, the review uh, before. We now will go into the preview for this weekend's fixtures. Daniel, there are quite a few matchups across Europe that we've identified as some games that we want to touch on. Um, I know that there's a couple in my world that are one that's very concerning, um, which we'll get to in a minute, but also some other ones that are just kind of um, more throw the the record books out the window type of matchups that we wanted to include as well. So I'll let you take us off here. Um, we have our whole slate here and and kind of go as you would like with this one. Um, so Wolves, Spurs. Um, personally, I, I like Wolves a lot in this spot, especially because Madison, Van Deven, Romero, um, and even a couple others might be out for this match. Um, yes, Petro Neto will be out for Wolves more than likely, but still like them in the spot to bounce back after a tough result against Sheffield. 
I'm going to say draw probably uh, a 1-1 game here. I was literally thinking 1-1 in my head um, as you were talking, so I'll, I'll take the same. Going to Molyneux is never an easy, never an easy place to play, um, so I'll take a 1-1 draw with you as well. Drinking the Kool-Aid, okay. Now, speaking of drinking Kool-Aid, Chelsea versus Manchester City. I'll let you take the floor with this one. Uh, this could be quite the number from Manchester City's perspective. Of course, we um, won our match against Spurs on Monday, but looked like a leaking ship against nine men. Uh, and, and honestly, Spurs probably had an opportunity to tie that game um, and, and really were the better team at some point. So um, this is at the bridge, which makes it a little bit less likely to be a complete blowout as if it was at the um, Etihad. But... Probably two, three, one city. I'll say three, one. We'll get one. That's, I'm going to say that as well. I think that's a very fair result. And I'm glad that we can agree on that. I almost went for us to take the W, but I thought people would think I'm out of my mind. So I'll, I'll go three, one city. Uh, but it, it will be a good litmus test for where Chelsea are um, and where, where the project is at this point. Uh, getting points against Spurs, which was not expected, of course, in the matter. And it was takes away some of it but uh, this will be a good a good test but another good test daniel you mentioned this game earlier in the pod is your liverpool go to brentford g4 stadium and they have a tough matchup against thomas frank and the bees what say you to your team another road matchup by the way yeah not looking forward to this one um don't really know where this is gonna go but i'm thinking it's going to be a 3-2 Liverpool win. High-scoring matchup. Uh, I will take a low-scoring 1-0 Liverpool win. I think you guys find a way somehow, uh, but I do think you get the points. I, I would like to see it because, I, honestly, I don't want City to get too far ahead of everybody and, and just blow this thing out of the water, but uh, it's a tough team. Thomas Frank will have the, the bees ready and be ready for that counter, that, that one-punch counter punch counter that they do like they did to us in, in that matchup. So uh, an interesting one there moving out of the premier league though. We, we of course focus on all the matchups across all of Europe as much as we can. Borussia Dortmund, Daniel take on Stuttgart. This will be an interesting one because we just don't know who's going to show up for Dortmund. Is it going to be the side that won against Newcastle? Is it going to be the side that put up a stinker against Bayern Munich? I, I don't know what to say here. Of course they should be, the dominant team, especially with Garassi out for Stuttgart, and they're starting to struggle a little bit. But I just, ha I just can't, I can't pinpoint who, what team is going to show up for this game. Yeah, there's like five teams in Europe that I, I thought not follow, but obviously, you know, you're watching. And and Dortmund are one of these teams where I cannot get a pulse on this team because you you never know who's going to show up. But I'm going to back them here. I'm going to say Dortmund win against Stuttgart two one. I'll go with that just to, to stay safe with it. Um, I do think they're the better team. So if they do get their act together, they should, they should, let's say should win this one. Uh, sticking in the Bundesliga, uh, RB Leipzig, who really struggled of late, have a tough matchup against Freiburg, who, who won pretty handily today in Europa League. Um, Daniel, I, I don't have any confidence in Marco Rosa's team at this point. I will take Freiburg in a 2-1 win. I know it's wow. on the road. But they've looked they've looked good. They've been a good team the last couple of seasons. They're starting to find some form a little bit here. Give me Freiburg. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say two two. 
safe, safe, pretty safe. Can't go wrong. Un- un- Unleashed. We saw they finally started uh, Openda and Sesco together. Keep that rolling, please. You'd have to think that that's got to stay the lineup. And, of course, how, how long Benjamin Sesco stays at Leipzig will be the, a lot of discussion either in the January window or in the summer, so that'll be an interesting one. Uh, again, we touched on it. Some of these games are, are important just because of the standings or, or our personal or their derby matchup, and the next one is falls into that category. It's not a huge matchup, uh, but PSG play Rems uh, on the weekend, and, and we've touched on whether or not PSG or when PSG will, will leapfrog Nice in the table in Ligue 1. Um, for me, this is an easy one, Daniel, but I'll, I'll let you go and see if there's any surprise here for you on this one. Rems are a good side. Um, will still kind of gain popularity um, as he was, you know, under 40 coach with very little experience to even have his coaching badges and, and kind of resurrected Rems. So I'm going to say this is a scrappy one. I'm going to say 2-1 PSG, but it's going to be closer than people give them credit for. Closer than the experts think, as our legendary Lee Corso would once say. For those of you who don't know who that is, I apologize. Uh, PSG big, 3-0. I think this is not even close. Mbappe gets on the score sheet, and and you see PSG finally and ultimately for the last time take a top of the table and, and say no more. Uh, bounce back. Bounce back. Uh, Derby matchup that we touched on, big one in Rome. Roma, Lazio, Daniel. God, one one draw. We were joking off air that this is one of those games you schedule your nap time around, and I definitely will have this as that game that I schedule a nice afternoon nap, as this will be a snoozer of a match. I will go zero zero draw. How about that? I will see your one one and raise you zero zero. I can't hate it. This will be park the bus on both sides, so the ball will just sit at midfield. No one will even touch it. It'll just sit there for ninety minutes. Uh, and I think I do think if anything, Roma will find one moment uh, of class with Lukaku or Dybala and maybe get the win. But I do think it's a zero-zero draw. Uh, another big one is the Lisbon Derby. So Sporting and Benfica. We've touched on Benfica's struggles in Champions League, but they do currently sit second in the table. Daniel, um, this could be a, a good, good match, a sneaky good matchup. Um, I'll take Benfica, uh, but. That doesn't mean I'm very confident in that prediction. I'll take Benfica 2-1. I'm going to say 2-2 draw. Now, this is a big game for me personally because I did um, take Benfica to win the league at even odds. So this is a big one because Sporting is currently ahead of Benfica slightly. But I think that you know Benfica have been dreadful in the group. They've done well against Porto in in. Um, Liga Nos. So I think they're going to be uh, very keen to get a result here and uh, be the better team in Lisbon. So, but uh, I still think 2 2. Interesting. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take 2 2. It'll be a good, it'll be a good game. I, I do think that. Of course, you mentioned Benfica, three points behind Sporting in the title race. So this is a big matchup just for that as well. Not only that, but of course, these are the two, along with Porto, are the three big teams in, in Portugal. So this, anytime that the any combination of the big three play, everyone watches it. So this will be a good one. Another big one in, in Eredivisie, somewhat similar type of dynamic is AZ Akmar and Feyenoid, uh, both uh, in the top three with PSV sitting atop the table. Um, Feyenoid are a tough team. They they struggled this week, but I'll 1-1. One, one. I got to go 1-1. One, one. I don't know why. This, is, this doesn't have a winner to me. Yeah, both teams have kind of 
ran into two or three games of bad form. Um, I'm going to say final barely edges easy off more out 2-1. And our last game that we want to cover is in La Liga, which has a, a pretty light schedule. Not light. They're, all the teams are playing, just not a, a great slate of games. But, Daniel, one that I know is near and dear to your heart as you went to a game here and didn't realize that this was a, a Seville derby until that time is Sevilla versus Betis. Of course, Sevilla, not that great on the table. Betis was my top four pick for La Liga, so this has some ramifications for us. But like I said, more of an emotional one for you. Thoughts on this one? I, I'll take Betis. I think uh, I think they're just the clearly better side. But again, one of those games, you throw the record out the window. I'm going to say 1-1, one, one, um, and uh, thank you for exposing me. You got it. Anytime. That's what I'm here for. Well, we, of course, have all the games covered for you guys, and we will recap them on Sunday as long as as well as our uh, best 11, young player of the week, player of the week, as we always do. But we also have to cover, and we will cover, how Daniel does in his best bets. Now, he's had a fantastic season so far. He will get to that here in a second. But if you aren't following or listening or taking his bets, you should be doing it. You're doing it wrong. You can find those bets on x at full-time roundup as well as on this pod so if you download listen give us a follow give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast but daniel always has one extra bet for you guys for the listeners on the pod so remember to check that out every thursday before the domestic league games and i'm just going to pass it over to him and let this man take us home with his picks for this week thank you matt so just to recap the midweek um the parlay did did not hit because PSG lost um, as well as Barca and Napoli. So it was just a bad parlay just in general. Um, but the best bets went two, two and one, um, you know, PSG uh, over at three or pushed. So, you know, didn't win, didn't lose Barca over three and a half. One of the more sickening losses I've seen. I mean, I think there was like 30 shots on target and a red card. So you'd think that would easily be like a 5-0 win. And somehow they only won 3-0. And, and Pep was pretty upset about it, as I was. Um, you know, another one, Barca one and a half. Really did not see Shakhtar getting a result here. Um, so, you know, Xavi, clean it up, fix your shit. And then Hawken mold over three. Three one, that was kind of a no sweater. And then Atletico Madrid. Over three, the biggest no sweat ever with six zero. Um, so we ended up going down just one unit. Um, but the updated recap 29, 18, and eight on best bets, seven out of 11 with parlays, up 26.25 units. And I have a parlay and a couple best bets for you this weekend before international break starts and we take a break. So for the parlay, Juventus money line, City money line, Barca money line, Bayer Leverkusen money line plus three fifty. Pretty juicy here. Love all these picks. Um, so I don't think we're gonna have any of these legs bust the parlay for the best bets. Um, City Chelsea over two and a half. This is gonna be so easy. Can't believe the line isn't at least three. Um, Ren Leon over three. Both teams haven't kept a clean sheet in over five matches. Leon's defense is dreadful. Um, so I, I think the three will be a no sweat here. BVB pick them. 
which means that if they tie, then it's a push. And I love that line, especially without Garasi. Let's just hope uh, Bayern or Dortmund show up. And then I have Bayern Leverkusen over three against Union Berlin. Union Berlin might have gotten a draw midweek, but they don't stand a chance against Xavi Lonzo's men. Um, and they are going to thump them, and it's going to be at least, I would say, four or five goals here. And then the bonus bet that you'll only find here, um, I will not post it on Twitter, is City minus one. We are triple dipping here with City because I am that confident that Pep and his men are going to beat Chelsea. Sorry, Matt, but book it, boys. Can't disagree with the last one there. I do, like I mentioned earlier, think it's a loss, but... Can't, can't, uh, don't mush me. I won't, I won't, I won't, I can't do it to him. (laughs) I won't do it to him. Everyone knows at this point, if I say it, just take the opposite, take the fade. That's why I don't participate in this segment. But Daniel has been on fire. Like I said, please feel free to interact with us on X. Again, Daniel will post all these here, minus the, the, uh, listener only bet on the pod. Again, you can find all these on X at full time roundup. Uh, you can find Daniel at Liverpool CLTFC for some of his Charlotte FC coaching carousel picks, other content that he follows. Of course, he's a North Carolina fan across the board in some sports. So you'll see some content there. You can follow me on Life of M. Gesslin or Life of Gesslin. I can't remember what it is. That's how much I use Twitter. Uh, you can also download or listen to us on anywhere you get your podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating and a follow. It goes a long way. And, of course, Daniel, we will – Catch you guys in the next full-time roundup on Sunday as we recap the games, as we go into an international break. Let us know if there's something that you want us to talk about during the international break as we need to fill some time. Uh, We may have some fun stuff that we can bring up as far as more robust debates that have been kind of festering in our minds and we need to talk about. But we'd love to hear from you guys as well. So um, I know I've had a blast watching these games as always, Daniel. We'll be texting throughout the weekend on on the games from this weekend. And as always, we'll see you in the next one.